Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. This Wednesday night, uh, I'm going to be filling in for Brother Will, and I'm going to start casting vision for 2024, where I feel the Lord leading us over the next five years. We need a vision. We need to know where we're going, and you need, people need to know who we are, not for the sake of promoting this church, but promoting the works of God and what He's doing. Amen? Amen. And there have been people who, whose sole purpose is to bring down this church through their words and through their actions. Well, guess what? God will not honor that. Did you know that? God will not honor His church being dishonored when the church's intent is to serve Him and to honor Him. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? And, and so we're going to pray for those people who do that because we... That's just the way we are. We don't have any, have any ill will towards anybody. But more than that, we're going to pray that God does some healing and restoration. Amen? I want to see revival. I want to see a move of God in the community. I want, I want the bars to shut down, not because we're out there protesting. I want the bars... I want the bars to shut down for lack of business. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if we try to pass laws and, you know, we proved that with prohibition. It didn't last, okay? And people were still drinking. If you don't know what prohibition is, go look it up. We, that doesn't work. We need people to remove that vile spirit from them, amen? We need God to remove that from them. I want all the drug dealers to leave town or either get saved or leave town, amen? I want, I want all those who propagate and purport and promote evil to either get saved or leave. Amen? Go take your wares somewhere else because we want a move of God here. We want our children saved. We want our, we want our schools with teachers full of the Holy Ghost. We want, we want to know that when we go somewhere at night or during the day that we're safe. Amen? We don't have to put up with all this stuff that's going on. Has anybody been to downtown Seattle lately? It's pretty scary. It is. We don't have to put up with that. Amen? We're going to stand upon the Word of God, and I believe that God's given me a vision for 2024 to usher in and provide a place for His presence to come. Amen? God has shown me that He desires to move in His people. He desires to move in His people. Now think about that for a moment. God wants to move in your life. Now our first reaction is, well, why hasn't He? Well, we're going to talk about that this next month. Because we're going to sometimes, I know this is kind of hard to hear, but sometimes we need to change, don't we? Sometimes we need to fix ourselves, right? You, you, can't, you can't date the devil and date God at the same time. It doesn't work that way, Right? You can't date the devil. You can't flirt with the devil and come to church. Amen? We need to be holy, excited for the move of God. We're going to become a church of prayer. Now, we've already been praying. 
We've already been praying every Sunday night, but we need to pray more, church. If we want to see our children saved, if we want to see our parents saved, if we want to see our families saved, then we've got to do the hard work that it takes to usher them into the kingdom of God. Amen? And listen, don't just talk about it, become it. Don't just talk about a move of God, become the move of God. Don't just stand on the sidelines, be a part of it. Amen? This is a great thing. And here's, here's the thing. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean that I'm the only one involved. No, the way the kingdom of heaven works is we are all involved. Amen? All of us has a place. All of us has something that we can do to be a part of the kingdom of heaven and the move of God. Amen? So our message this morning is going to be... A, not a real typical Christmas message, but I am going to bring up the birth of Christ. And we've already had mention of that a couple of times, but I want to go back a little ways. I want to go back about 4,000 years before Matthew happened, and I want to tell you some scripture that God himself said to the devil. Because remember, the devil came in and he ruined everything, didn't he? The devil came in and he ruined everything. He got Adam and Eve to bite of the tree and, and, and God came in and they realized that there was sin and, the, and God said this to the devil. He says, I, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, if you can go and put that up now, please. Thank you. He says, and I, talking about God, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Here we have the Lord specifically stating, I am going to send a redeemer to make it right. Now let's go back a bit. Let's talk about what happened in this moment. I've talked about this every week, but I, I'm, I'm trying to, to set the stage. I'm trying to set the foundation. So bear with me. For, some of, for those of you who have been here every week, I'm repeating myself so that you can hear what needs to be said. Okay, are you with me? So Adam and Eve were living in the kingdom or in the Eden. And what happened was God had the kingdom up in heaven and the kingdom of earth was given to man. He says, I've given you dominion over the animals. I've given you dominion over everything that is here. I've given you dominion over that, right? He says, you can have this. But Eve was deceived. The devil come up to her and tempted her, and he misrepresented the word of God. He said, did God really say that? Did God really say that? And how many of our young people, how many of our older people, to be quite frank with you, have been deceived by the enemy, by the enemy saying, did God really say that? you got to be so careful who you're listening to online, these TikTokers, these YouTube videos, because there's no accountability for what they say. They can say what they want to say, and there's no accountability. Not only am I accountable to God for what I say, but I have leadership over me that if I'm talking about false doctrine, they will come and remove me out of this place. I have accountability on me. But these people who get on YouTube and spread this false gospel, they say things, whatever they want to say, and they sound convincing. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, a lot of what is being said is not being backed up by Scripture. It's being backed up by opinion. It's being backed up by false interpretation. It's being backed up with things that are not right. And if you're not careful, you can be deceived just like Eve was. So Eve, and she's deceived, and he says, did God really say that? Did God really say that you couldn't do this? Well, maybe if you do this, you'll become like God. 
Is it that same message out there today? The devil hasn't changed his tricks. The devil hasn't changed his tactics. The message is the same. You can become as God. How many know that we are not God? How many know that we are not God? I'm not even close. Amen? So Eve ate the fruit. And then she offered it to Adam. The thing is, Adam wasn't deceived. Adam took the fruit and he ate it. He knew what was going to happen, but he worshipped his wife, which was an idol, more than God. So here we have rebellion, we have idol worship, all those things that God hates. God came in and said, you've broken my commandment. See, I'm going to explain to you why this is such a big deal. Because God did something different with Adam and Eve. All the animals he created... With Adam and Eve, and look it up in Scripture, he says, Adam and Eve, he formed like a potter. You ever done a pottery wheel before or watched someone do pottery? They form the piece of clay and they have their hands on it and they're involved in every little aspect of the creation. God formed us and today he still formed us. He talks about this in Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. He formed us. We are different than animals. We are better than the animals. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of the animals. We shouldn't mistreat animals. I don't, certainly don't mean that. But we are better than the animals because we are formed. God specifically designed us to have relationship with them. And when Adam and Eve broke that commandment, that relationship was broken. It was broken. Now, normally, when someone does something wrong to you, you expect them to come and apologize to you, right? Right? If I were to go up to Brian, if I were to go up to Brian and I would punch him in the arm as hard as I can, punch him as hard as I can, Brian would probably either do one or two things, laugh because he didn't feel it, because <laughs> I don't punch very well, or it would hurt him. But I would still offend Brian, wouldn't I? Now, Brian will look at me, and he would naturally say, you need to apologize. Right? My response would be, no, I'm not going to apologize. But that relationship between Brian and I is now broken, isn't it? But this is what God did. This is the amazing thing, and this is what I want to drive home today. The relationship was broken, and God was offended. We weren't offended. We offended God by our sin. But yet Brian, as an example, Brian reached out and says, here, though our relationship was broken, let me, let me provide a way for us to be restored again. The offended became the healer because I had no power to offer that on my own. We have no power on our own to make things right with God because we're naturally evil, amen? Bible says this, there is no one good, no, not one. We are not good, but God in his infinite wisdom says, here, you can't do it, but I'm going to take care of it for you. Well, people all the time say, well, why is God so mean? He's not mean. He reaches out and he restores. 
Well, if God loves me, none of this stuff would happen to me. No, God does love you. That's why he's trying to prepare a place for you, eternal life for you. What's happening to us now is the result of our own sin, our own fault. We did this. We were born into it. All of us have lied. All of us have stolen. All of us has done something wrong. Therefore, we deserve what we are going to get. Amen. But God reached down. Amen. And he said, 4,000 years later, I'm going to send my son and he's going to die for you. My only son. My only son, I'm going to die. He's going to die for you and he's going to take the sin upon him in place of you. Isn't that amazing that God would do that for us? Isn't that amazing that God would reach down? The offended would be the one to heal. The offended would be the one to make things right. The offended would be the one to turn things around and offer redemption to us. But that's exactly what God has done. So 4,000 years later, God literally comes to earth. I'm going to say that again. God literally came to earth. He came as one of us. I want to give some observations about the birth of Jesus that I want you to think about this morning. It's so easy in the Christmas holiday to get wrapped up and to get distracted over everything. We were at Fred Meyer's yesterday. I think I saw some of you there. If you ever want to see people, just go to Fred Meyer's, right? I have to keep track of my visitations. I just go to Fred Meyer's and I get all of them in one visit. I just go by and see Mary at the pharmacy and I'm good. I see Randy in there sometimes. I see Skylar. I saw Skylar checking out stuff. Scared him, went up behind him. But we're over there at Fred Meyer's and it's just the hustle and bustle. Have you noticed people at the happiest time of earth aren't very happy? Have you noticed that people are a little bit more rude? Have you noticed that people are a little bit more selfish? That's the way it was at Fred Meyer's yesterday and other places we went. The other place I had to go, as you might suspect, I had to go to Joanne's. I hate that place. I hate it. I'm not going to tell you how much it cost me to get out of there. My wife has been saving up for several weeks. She's not here this morning because she's sick, but, and I know you're not going to tell her what I said, right? Amen? Praise God. She won't listen to this. You're not going to tell her. Of course, the kids, they love to tell her on me. They love to tell on me. They told on me at the potluck. That was pretty funny. But people don't have that Christmas spirit. We're in Joanne's. We're trying to drive through the, what's that mall? Mendenhall Mall, I think. I never can remember it. Driving through there, people acting crazy with their cars, thinking that they have preferred parking. It's just not a Christmas spirit. And it's time we kind of get back to what Christmas really is about. We focus so much on the gifts. We focus so much on what we're getting, what we're not getting, how much money we don't have, how much money we're spending, that we forget that history changed in that moment. History changed. They, they called it B.C., which is before Christ, and A.D., which is Anno Domini, which means after Christ. Now, they, they have something new. They're, they're now calling it uh, Common Era and Before Common Era, 
But it's the same thing, right? They're trying to, trying to take Jesus out of the equation, but it's still the same thing. They're calling it, you know, B.C. and B.C.E. It's just dumb. And they're trying to take Jesus out, but the reality is Jesus changed our calendar. Jesus changed our calendar. And if, if someone that important was born, then we need to look at what they did and where, why they came. But Jesus came for us. He came through a, a virgin birth. They're not going to have these scriptures here. I want you to leave that one up there. I want to read this to you. It's in Luke chapter 1, verses 34 through 35. Listen to me as I talk about it. Then Mary said to the angel, because an angel had appeared to her, how can this be since I do not know a man? The angel had told her, you're going to give birth to a baby. And she says, listen, I haven't known a man or I haven't been with a man. That's all I'm going to say. You can read into that, you adults. You know what I'm talking about. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest, highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now I want you to think back for a second. When Jesus, excuse me, when the creation was done, you go back to Genesis 1, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit overshadowed or hovered over the waters. Remember that? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Do you want to share that scripture? Pull up Genesis 1, 2 on there for me. I want to go read this scripture. We're going to give them a second to do that. I, did, I wasn't planning on this, but I feel like the Lord wants me to talk about. He says, the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters. He hovered above the waters, and there's a reason why he did this. He hovered above the waters because in hovering above the waters, life was about to be created. Amen? Do you have it up? He says, the earth was without form and void. Amen? That means it was dead. That means there was nothing to it. Amen? That means there was nothing there. He says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Let me put it in a way that I can only explain to you. Without God, there is death. You have no form, you have no void, or you are void. There is nothing about your spirit that gives life. But the moment the Spirit of God hovers above you, life comes into play. Amen? Life comes into play. You are born anew. That's why he said, that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3, being born of the water and born of the Spirit, he says you are a new creation. Amen? See, when you were born of your mom, we are born to die. Amen? Everyone in this room, unless Jesus comes back, will die at this some point. Amen? But I want to tell you, when you have Jesus in your heart, when you've accepted Jesus in your heart, there is a new life that has come upon you. The Holy Spirit hovered above you. Oh, praise God. The Holy Spirit hovered above you, and he spoke life into you. Amen? He spoke Oh, praise God. He spoke life into you. Amen. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more shame, no more anything. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, some of you look like you lost your best friend this morning. You're, you're what I call the Christian grumps. And there's nothing to be grumpy about this morning. Amen. 
We are celebrating the arrival of a king. We are celebrating the arrival of the king. Amen? Brothers and sisters, let me introduce to you the greatest man to ever live and walk the earth. Brothers and sisters, let me introduce to you the man who was above all men, the literal son of God. Let me introduce to you, he was born of a virgin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He came into this world full of hope, full of joy, and full of the Spirit. Amen? People who did not know him worshipped him. The Bible talks about, they were talking about this morning about the wise men. The wise men were not even Jewish. As a matter of fact, they were astrologers. They were a completely different religion. But they bowed down and they worshipped him because they recognized the power and the authority of the king. I want to tell you this morning, God is great. Amen. God is great. Amen. This is the king that came into the earth. You know, when I think about these things, I don't worry about stuff like climate change. By the way, climate change could be fixed if we would all bow our knee to the Lord and repent. He would heal the land. Amen? Some of you say, well, I don't believe in climate change. Look, the climate is always changing, okay? But I'm talking about he'll heal the land. Amen? Do, do we need God to heal the land? Do we need God to heal the land? Amen. We need God to heal more than the land. We need God to heal the people. Amen. We need God to heal the culture. We need God to heal the racism and all those things that are happening in Juneau right now. But I want to tell you, when God steps in the picture, life happens. But what happens with the devil is always death. What does the devil want to do? He wants to kill babies. That's what he wants to do. Man, I heard about a young lady goes to a Christian college who got an abortion, and she's proud of it. And I thought, what kind of Christian college promotes that? It's murder. It's murder. We don't listen. It's life. Well, there, there had to be a good reason. Listen, we don't have any reason to terminate life. God does that. God does that. Amen. Sometimes things happen, and I'm not here to debate those things. I'm just telling you that we don't have the right or the authority to do that. Now listen, if you had an abortion, there's love and forgiveness in Jesus, okay? Don't, don't misunderstand me. You are not under any condemnation because there is love and grace in Jesus. He will heal you. He will set you free. Amen. Praise God. God is a loving God. Amen. See... Lord, help me not to go down this road if I don't need to. If you ever notice, abortion is mainly in minority communities. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. We need everybody to be born into this world. That's what God wants. He designed. He formed life. Amen. It, what would have happened if Mary would have done that to Jesus? I mean, that's just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I know we're going a long ways here, but I'm trying to get you to understand that it is not our job to terminate life. It is not our job to do those things. We don't, we're not supposed to love our own kind because again, that produces death. God has given us life. He speaks life into us. When I mean our own kind, I'm talking about men and men, women and women. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? That doesn't produce life. Life is produced with a man and a woman. Amen. Amen. Life is produced when God hovers over us and makes us into a new creation. God brings life. Amen. God brings life. Pastor, what about the years of oppression by the church? 
Jesus said, many will come in my name and they are not of me. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, many will come in my name, proclaim my name, but that doesn't mean they're from me. Can I be clear about that? Now, do I take acknowledgement of what these people have done? Of course I do, because they claim to be the church. But I tell you, what we as a church need to do is we need to acknowledge that just because someone says the name of Jesus, that they're not necessarily following the same Jesus we are. Because Jesus would love people for who they are, not try to change who they are, except for their heart. God changes the heart. Come on now. God changes the heart. He doesn't change your clothes. He changes your heart. Amen? He changes. Pretty soon you're going to not want to lie anymore, okay? That, that is not changing your clothes. That's changing your heart. Pretty soon you're not going to be talking about people anymore. That's changing your heart, not your clothes. Amen? Pretty soon you're going to speak words of life to people. You're going to love on people. You're going to speak the name of Jesus. And I want to tell you this morning, it's time the church speak the name of Jesus and stop being political and realize it's all about him this morning because he came, he died, he arose again that we might be redeemed. Amen? Praise God in heaven. I want you to know this morning that the Lord loves you with all of his heart and he sent his son for the sole reason. For you to be saved. I want you to know that he came in humility. The Bible says he lowered himself to become one of us. In Psalms chapter 8 verses 4 and 5 it says this. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. He's not talking about us. He's talking about Jesus. David, David saw Jesus coming. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? David prophesied of Jesus coming. He knew he was coming. But Jesus, when he came, he didn't come in like a king. Has anybody ever been around a politician when they come in somewhere? I mean, besides the hot air, I never forget, it kind of tells you how old I am, President Reagan came to town. Again, I'm old, okay? I remember President Reagan came into town, and there were trumpets, and newscasts, and helicopters, and all those things, right? He got up on stage, and thousands of people were screaming, and he had other people protesting, but it was a big deal because he came to town. He was the president. Compare that to Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he came in the form of a baby. Think about that for a moment. He came in humbly. He came in humble. And he wasn't just born in a hospital or anything like that where the necessary care was given. You know where he was born at? He was born in a stable. Now let's talk about that for a moment. What is in the stable? Animals. Amen? What lives on animals? Disease. Animal waste. All those things. Can you imagine Mary... 
Can you imagine Mary sitting there worried to death about having this baby in the midst of this cesspool? But Jesus came into that, and that's where he was born. And I think I understand why, because humanity, brothers and sisters, is a cesspool. You don't believe me? Get on Facebook. Amen? Turn on late night television. You can't even watch anything anymore without them dropping an F-bomb or them having homosexuality in or all these things that we don't approve of. As a matter of fact, there's a rule, and I don't know if you know this or not, there's a rule for a movie to be considered for an Oscar. It has to have a homosexual relationship in it. That's why you're seeing more and more of it nowadays. There's an agenda being done. And they want to be, they want to be considered for that, so they'll do it. They want to have that little idol, amen? But I want to tell you that when Jesus came, amen, he came into the cesspool that is humanity, the sin-laced, stained humanity that we are. He came in as a baby, vulnerable, vulnerable. He was dependent upon others. I remember when our own kids were born, barely, because those four years that they were born, it feels like a blur. I don't remember much of it because I didn't sleep at all. Hunter would always wake up at 5 a.m. ready to eat. And it was my job to get up at 5 a.m. and feed him. And he had a powerful voice. He would scream at the top of his lungs. Our neighbors two blocks down heard him. They said, oh, Hunter's up. I mean, he would just, ah! And of course, being the good dad that I am, I made me some coffee first. Once I got my coffee done, then I made, you know, his breakfast. I just remember those times, and I watch young parents now as they come in with their kids and they're, they're, they're stressed and they're dragging and, then, and the husband and wife are kind of tense with one another because they're trying to deal with this baby, this vulnerable baby who just doesn't really know what's going on. You guys remember those days? Yeah, I remember those days. That's why those of us who are older look at young parents and we laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. Can you help? No. <laughs> I've done my time. Actually, I will help, and I have grandkids. I'm going to give them all the sugar they want. That's going to be my job. <laughs> he came in vulnerable. He came in dependent on those around him. And I, I've, I've thought about that. I said, God, why did you do that? Here, this mighty king was dependent upon those who brought him into the world. And what I think, there's no definitive scripture on this, so this is just my opinion. What I think that what God was showing us is the fragility of life and his ability to protect his own. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, God loves you just as he much, or just, excuse me, just as much as he loved that newborn baby Jesus. You are his creation. When you first come to the Lord, you're like a newborn baby. You, you don't know what's going on. You try to figure things out and you're kind of lost. The Lord protects you. He loves you. He cares for you. 
And I thought about how gentle a father he is because he loves his own, he takes care of his own, and he makes sure that they're okay. Amen? What a great thing that God does. And then, another thing happened. An announcement was made of his birth. I remember some of the, some of the children that had been born here, you, you send out announcements, you send out little notices, and the purpose of that is to get gifts, the baby showers. I mean, why not, right? You got a baby, you deserve something. So when Jesus was born, there was only one announcement made. I mean, there was the star, which was an announcement to everybody. But then the shepherds were in the field, and the angels started coming around them and says, Glory to God in the highest. And goodwill towards men. They announced Jesus being born in Bethlehem. The angels appeared not to a king, not to anybody else. He appeared to shepherds. Now why is that a big deal? Can, can I tell you? You're going to love this. He appeared to shepherds because the shepherds were the degenerates of the day. The shepherds were the people that nobody liked. The shepherds were the people, if, if you just couldn't do anything in your life, if you had no ability to do anything and you were rejected from everything, you were given the job of shepherd. You were the lowest of the low of the low. You were considered almost absent in society because you were always out in the field. God chose, which is a theme throughout the Gospels, God chose those who were rejected, those who were disenfranchised. God chose the lowliest of mankind to announce the birth of his son. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, you today may feel disenfranchised from the Lord. You may feel like God doesn't want you. You may feel like there's no hope between you and God and that the church is going to fall down if you walk in. But I want to tell you, if he reached down to the shepherd to announce the birth of his son, he is reaching out to you right now and say, come to me, all you who are weary laden, Come into me and I will give you rest. Come into me. I'm announcing myself to you right now. Come to me. Come to me. They came to the shepherd and the shepherd went to Bethlehem and they saw the baby. The first thing they do is they dropped to their knees and worshiped him. See, when you come to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, something happens. You can't help but fall to your knees. When you have a Jesus experience, a lot of people come to church and they get saved because they feel that knowing conscience and they just want to get rid of that guilt that they have. But when you have a real Jesus moment, when you have a real Jesus moment, when you have that experience with the innocence of the baby, the lovingness of when he preached to the masters and the death on the cross and him rising again on the third day, when you have that Jesus moment, you can't help but fall to your knees and say glory to God in the highest goodwill to men. He also came in a way that we did not expect so many people try to figure Jesus out. They try to label him 
They try to say this is who he is and how he is and what he does. Can I tell you, Jesus will never be labeled. He will always do things his way, his own way. And this is where we get into trouble in the church, is we think God can only move one way. Can I tell you God can move whatever way he wants? Can I tell you that God can move in Randy as differently as he can move in Watson? He can move differently in myself and Will. He can move in Juliana and differently in Brittany. He can move differently in Richard and Azra. God can move in whatever way he wants. Amen? My experience is not going to be your experience. Neither is your experience going to be my experience. But yet somehow we feel like we have to fall into those categories. No, God does things that we don't expect. You know why God does things we don't expect? Because He's God. If you notice the Scripture, when in the Bible, in the Gospels, He very rarely healed people the same way twice. He always did it different ways. You know why? Because He didn't want us to think that it was ritualistic. He wanted us to realize that He is God. Amen? He is God. He wants you to know today He is God. And what I want you to hear this morning, of all the things that you hear from me, is that if you're trying to get God to do something for you in a way that you expect, it'll never happen. Amen. It'll never happen. Young people, if you're praying for that husband or wife, It'll never happen the way you think it's going to happen. If you're praying for your finances, it's never going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. If you're praying for this and you're praying for the salvation of your children, it's never going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. The only thing you can do is to keep praying. Amen? He came in. Amen. He came in in fulfillment of prophecy. He came in the fulfillment of prophecy all throughout the Old Testament. He spoke of his coming. Brothers and sisters, I want to be clear here. That's why we need the Old Testament. This is why we need the Old Testament. Because it reminds us of what God was said he was going to do. It reminds us that God is the fulfillment of his promises. In addition to that... There are numerous prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled in the Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, we need the Old Testament to guide us. Amen? He also came to restore the relationship. See, the Bible talks about this in Romans chapter 5 and Romans 6. Adam brought death. Jesus became the new Adam. The difference between Adam and Jesus is that Jesus was born. He had to correct the sin and the curse that was placed on the earth. He came to restore the relationship with God. Now, I need to, I need to talk about this for a second because this is important, y'all. See, when the temple was built during Herod's time, which Jesus was a part of, there was a wall. And the Gentiles, which would be us, would not be allowed to go in the temple. All they could do was to look over the wall. They could view from a distance what God was doing. Oh, praise God. 
They weren't a part of it. They couldn't be a part of it because they weren't part of God's people. But you know what Jesus did? The Bible says he broke down that wall. He broke down that wall and he brought peace. He brought peace between us and God. The God that you see in the Old Testament, the God of wrath and the God of anger, he now have, we now have peace with God. Now there's coming a time of wrath on this world for those who do not accept God. Amen? We understand that. But for those of us who have understood God's message and accepted Jesus, we now have peace that's been given to us. We don't act like it sometimes. I don't act like it sometimes. I got stressed this morning. But we have peace. Amen? At the end of the day, we're going to get stressed, but we have peace. Amen? We got joy. Amen? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can I say that one more time? Joy. You ever said the word joy? Kind of makes you happy, don't it? Some of you are frowning. You need to say the word joy. Come on, say it with me. Joy. But some of you aren't saying it just because I asked you to say it. I ain't going to say he asked me to do it. <laughs> Try it. All right, ready? Go do it one more time. Joy. See, you smiled. Pastor, I don't like to smile. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile, so you're working out. I get it. <laughs> smile. We have something to be happy about. Our life, just like history were changed, our lives have been changed. Amen? I was a wretch walking in sin. I had no life. I had no joy within. But then my Savior came and rescued me, and now I live for Him eternally. And I will tell your brothers and sisters, I've got the joy. I've got the joy that has liberated my soul and brought me peace. Amen. As a matter of fact, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? See, isn't it something about kids' songs that make us smile a little bit? Where are my little kids? Where are my kids at? Where are all my kids? Help me sing this song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my where? Where? Isn't that fun? Oh, right, pastor, that's not proper. I'm not proper, so I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I want to have joy in the Lord. Amen. I want to be happy at Christmas because my Savior came and reset the history books. Amen. He reset it. Amen. See, I feel like in my spirit, somebody needs a reset today. Man, you've been walking in this life and you've been troubled on every side. And I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily about salvation. I'm just talking about a reset. You're stressed. You're upset. Can I let you know a little secret? There's not a problem that you have that God can't handle. Can I tell you that? Oh, I, I, I know what you're going to say. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to. God does. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're trying to work it out on your own, how is that going for you so far? 
How's it going so far? You were trying to work it out on your own. Are you succeeding? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. You're not succeeding. There's a word for that. It's called failure. Listen, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. But without Jesus, we are failures. Amen? Without Jesus, then we can't do anything. But let me tell you, all of a sudden, when you're walking step in step with him, then your life becomes a success. Amen? And maybe you don't feel that. You're not going to always feel that because sometimes trouble comes. But Jesus said, in this world, there'll be what? That was weak, y'all. In this world, there'll be what? No, not joy. Trouble. The joy's coming, though. He says, in this world, there'll be trouble, but don't worry, because I have overcome the world. Amen? I've overcome. And guess what? Guess what? If he's overcome, yeah, I'm riding those coattails to heaven. I, come on now. All right, younger people, are you vibing with me? Older people, that means, are you with me? Okay, I, I, I got to explain it to you. I had one person come up to you, Pastor, let never use that again. So that makes me want to do it more. Are you chilling with me? That's more our age, Mary. <laughs> that's, our, that's that Gen X coming out, right? All right? That's all the words I know. It's like speaking another language with you young people, okay? When I tell you, when you have Jesus, amen, there's, you don't have to worry about things coming into your life bringing you down because the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen? And you're going to get down sometimes, but I want to tell you, he's there to pick you up. If he can change history, he can change you, amen? If he can change the world, he can change you. If he can take out the devil... Oh, praise God. Devil's too big for his britches. He doesn't know what hit him. He thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. Really what he is is an empty bag of air. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. My God. My God. My God. You got trouble in your life? My God. You got sorrow in your life? My God. You got things in your life that are bringing you down? My God. I want to tell you this morning, it is time to give yourself over to the one who split time in two. Amen? You can call it before the common area, or you can call it after Anno Domini. You can call it whatever you want, but the moment Jesus stepped on the earth, it split in two. He is the God. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the Master of all kind. He is God, my Savior. He is Jesus! You know what he is more than that? He's a healer. This week, I was hearing stories of people who are hurting. Hurting. Their lives and their homes are in chaos. They're in pain. And I said, Lord, what's it going to take for them to see you? I mean, what's it going to take for people to realize that you're everything? And he, and he spoke to me, he says, because they still think they can do it on their own. And you can't. You can't. 
that really should be proven to you by now? The only way of overcoming anything is through the Lord. Because the Lord changes things. You could be in a situation that's so bad and it looks like there's no hope, and the Lord changes it. Can I tell you a quick story? There was this king in the Old Testament, and he was being attacked by thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. And he went to the Lord, and he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Lord said, I'm going to take care of it. And he says, I tell you what I want you to do is I want you to send the, the choir out in front of the army. <laughs> if you were the choir member, you'd be like, what? <laughs> Are you sure you heard from God? <laughs> Where are the altos at? Let's get them out in front. <laughs> I'm going to be back in the back with the vases. He says, no, I want the choir to go out first. Can you imagine, can you imagine the enemy seeing a bunch of choir members come out? You ever seen choir members? We're not in the best shape, okay? Okay, as an example, I'm a choir member, okay? If you saw me coming out of the battlefield, what would you think? <laughs> Somebody said easy. You didn't have to say it like that. Can you imagine a choir member coming out like this? All right, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and the enemy starts laughing. And see, the enemy's been laughing at you for too long, right? And all of a sudden, they start saying, because God gave him the words to say, he says, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Ooh, boy. And so, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the bassists were like, I'm going to try my best to do my bass. The Lord is good and the mercy endures forever. Then the altos come in, the sopranos come in. The Lord is good. I can't do it. <laughs> and also the tenors are coming in. The Lord is good, the mercy endures forever. And then and they just started singing the same song, amen. And they started worshiping. And all of a sudden they started getting a little happy. Because you know when you're singing praise music and God's in it, you start getting a little happy. I, trust me, okay, you can get happy in a Pentecostal church. We're not going to shut you down, okay? And so they started getting happy. They started worshiping. And then something happened. The Lord came in and the Lord defeated the enemy, amen? When you worship God, when you start doing things God's way, and the enemy was completely wiped out. But man, we're just determined to fight our own battles. I looked at one of my children one time and I said, why are you trying to do this on your own? It's okay to ask my help because I have way more experience and knowledge than you do. Or and if I don't, your mom does. Probably your mom. But it's pride that keeps us from doing that, isn't it? It's pride that keeps us from giving ourselves to the Lord and recognizing this baby what a baby can do. You know, the moment a baby comes into your life, your life is not the same. Come on now. Right? Amen? Not the same, is it? Not the same. He's still crying all the time. <laughs> it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It's not the same, is it, Ezra? Ezra's like, what's sleep? I don't know what that is. It's not the same when a baby comes into your life. You're changed forever. I remember making this statement when my wife was eight months pregnant. I said, boy, I'd be glad when we have this baby, things can go back to normal. Was I stupid? 
It's been, it's been 21 years and it's still not back to normal. <laughs> Dear God. I'm still spending money on them left and right. I can't stop. <laughs> you guys think just because you have a baby, they, it, no, it, it stays with you forever. When a baby comes into your life, you're changed. It's the same thing with Jesus. When Jesus comes into your life, when you accept that baby, your life should be changed. It should be different, amen? I will tell you, there were times when we had our children that was difficult, it was painful watching them go through things, but there were so many times, more times than, than I can even remember, that it was nothing but joy. It was nothing, and watching them grow up, watching them sleep, amen? Watching them destroy the house, watching, watching them do things, watching them fall down, watching them go to school, which is kind of a sad thing. You know, watching them go off to college, and I remember every part of that life. Having a baby changes you. That's what's going to happen when the Lord comes into our lives. A baby, this baby will change you, amen? This baby will change you. <laughs> Lastly, we're going to close here. He came with a purpose. See, Jesus didn't come just to check, church, check earth out. He didn't come just to, as you millennials say, hang out. Is that right? Hang out? Is that the word? No? Okay. Wait, hang out is my generation. Okay. I'm trying to reach everybody, y'all. But he said this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Notice, notice He didn't say, I'm only going to go up to the people who can pay their tithe and make me rich. Notice that? Notice who Jesus was going after. He was going after the poor. And that, that means not just poor financially, but poor in spirit. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you broken today? I can't heal you. I can't, I, honestly, I can't do anything for you, but He can. He can. See, this is it. Why don't you just try it? Just try it. And if I'm wrong, you can come tell me. Just try it. But if you try it, give it your whole heart. Then he says this, to proclaim liberty. Liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is now.
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.